spooky. I am your father. Have I done that one? Yes, yes you There's have. not that many words that rhyme with spooky. <laughs> have you done, here I am, spook me like a hurricane. I have now. <laughs> Pretend yep. that that was the beginning of the episode as I welcome you to this podcast, Ooh Spooky, with me, Adam Knox. And me, Luca Muller. And that's all. <laughs> Sorry. And me, Peter Jones. We're sitting in a different order to normal, we aren't in a different we? order. That's yeah. why Luca said, and me, Luca Muller. <laughs> yeah, no, he looked at me and I thought, I'm up now. <laughs> it's my time um, to shine. If you've not listened before, it's the three of us in order. Adam Knox, Luca Muller and Peter Jones. And we go through a book called <laughs> Mysteries of the Unexplained. It's a book full of spooky mysteries. Uh, that were considered to be scary back in the 80s. The quainties, as I call them. The quainties. Uh, I would use Luca for glass. Yes. That is uh, full of half water already. That one there. We're at my house, and let me tell you, i got to do my dishes. Yeah, well, the, uh, Luca is getting a glass of water, but the only glass available to him is a wine glass. Yep. It feels cool. I <laughs> have other glasses, but why would you? And all those other glasses? Gross. All right, chapter no, one. they're fine. I just, uh, I need to chuck some in the dishwasher. I have a dishwasher too. That's, mm. that's the craziest part about this whole story. <laughs> <laughs> that is them. the true unexplained mystery of why you can't do the fucking dishes with a dishwasher. I can do the dishes. I just haven't been home. <laughs> other than when I've been using glasses and immediately leaving. <laughs> I should have just... Gotten my water in that half hour break we just took <laughs> as soon as the episode started. Now listen, listen, now that I'm in a bad mood, why don't we begin with the story? The Peter? first story <laughs> takes place from in the realm of miracles. From the diary of Englishman John Evelyn comes the following account of a performance by a famous 17th century fire handler named Richardson. <laughs> A fancy name for yeah. a fancy man. I'm like, sure, but somehow boring. <laughs> ah, can't wait to get down to the, the square and see Richardson. <laughs> Are you saying Richardson? Or no, Richardson. His name is just Richardson. Richardson. Preposterous. I shall not watch him 12 fire. It suggests that the audience may have witnessed something other than a display of stage magic. October 8th. 1672. I'm not sure if Jenny likes me or not. <laughs> <laughs> I took he leave. Now there's ease at the end of, end of these words again where there shouldn't be. Oh, Jesus. Yeah, I, leave is meant to be just L-E-A-V. <laughs> <laughs> I took <laughs> leave. Luca, you understand the English language and you love to play with it. <laughs> <laughs> I took leave of my lady Sunderland who was going to Paris to my lord. Now ambassador there. She made me stay dinner at Leicester House and afterwards sent for Richardson, the famous fire eater. He devoured brimstone, sulfur, on glowing coals before us, chewing and swallowing them. He melted a beer glass and eat it quite up. Then taking a live coal on his tongue, he put it on a raw oyster. Ugh. The coal was blown on what blown on with bellows till it had flames. And sparkled in his mouth, and so remained until the oyster gaped and was quite boiled. Then he melted pitch and wax with sulphur, which he drank down as it flamed. I saw it flaming in his mouth a good while. Then he stood on a small pot, and bending his body, took a glowing iron with his mouth from between his feet, 
without touching the pot or ground with his hands. He sat down and lit his dick on fire and was able to suck Twain only. (laughs) (laughs) He took a hot poker straight up the arse with an E on the end. (laughs) (laughs) That should have an E on the end. I I subscribe to the British version of ass. Sorry. Isn't that the only version? Yeah, crumpet. (laughs) Ass. Ass. Oh, A-S-S. Yeah, yeah. Without touching the pot or ground with his hands. With divers, other prodigious feats. That's that's the story of a fire eater. That's fucking crazy. Yeah, I kind of have no idea what he did from that description. I heard ate and drank and like coal and hot. He boiled an oyster in his mouth? He put an oyster in his mouth and then put uh, like a coal in in his mouth with the coal. They got a bellows next to his mouth, blew... Wind on his mouth and like caught on fire, and then he's like, "Cook now!" Don't you have to not? You don't have to cook oysters, right? You're coming, you're coming out of the start of every show, be like, "Hello, everyone! Thank you so much for coming." And I also like the idea of that's the part where everyone's like, "Yuck, oysters! How could he?" That is fucking yuck. I guess there's some trick to it. Puts wax in his mouth or some bullshit. Do, is that yeah, from definitely. the Simpsons episode where yeah, he yeah, does that as that, well? It's a chili, didn't he? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Let's just describe a Simpsons episode. <laughs> that's just the diary of a man who got tricked by a prank, by a fool. Yeah, that's yeah. Uh, that man is a charlatan. He is a travelling shyster. No, it can't just be stage magic. It's like, well, who was he? Well, he's a stage magician. Yeah, yeah, but it yeah. couldn't just be stage magic. I was like, well, what did he do? He was a fire eater. But like, not just like a fire eater. Nobody ate fire. <laughs> but that's like his job. Yes, it was Richardson, the stage magician fire eater. No, no, no. There's no way he could have done it. He was wearing a large top hat, which couldn't have concealed any of the objects. <laughs> it's the fashion of the time. I am you- not easily fooled by a man that carries his own bellows. <laughs> and for this final act, I'll stand on a pot. <gasps> now, now, please, I saw what I saw with my own eyes and I'm a man of science and I do not believe that germs exist. So uh, I think I'm an authority on he oysters. He pulled a man out of the crowd who I'd never met before and he said, it is, oh, it's hot. It says it is hot. <laughs> and I'm not a dumb man. I spell the word took with an E on the end. <laughs> I'm a genius. I keep a diary every night of magic shows that I've been to. <laughs> because I'm a scholar. <laughs> I'm an intelligent man I would not be easily fooled my wife I call her Lady Sunderland <laughs> <laughs> yeah she uh, took leave to go and spend time with the Archduke which uh, I don't think is suspicious <laughs> and I went and saw some magic to cool my nerves I stumbled into a theatre the other night and happened to see quite a dramatic conversation unfold <laughs> <laughs> there was a death in everything <laughs> I believe they attempted to kill the king <laughs> <laughs> everyone else was just watching <laughs> uh, it was unbelievable I'm not an easily fooled man, but there he was, Julius Caesar, in front of my very eyes. <laughs> Henry VIII, he wanted a horse, and well, he's my king still, so I went outside and I bloody well got him one. Brought it into the theatre and they kicked me out. Traitors, the lot of them. <laughs> my doctor refuses me to diagnose me, but I swear I have coin behind the ear syndrome. <laughs> Yeah, so no, sorry if my voice is a little off today. Somebody still has my nose. <laughs> <laughs> By Jove, that train's coming right for us. <laughs> Get out of the picture theatre, everyone. It's about to be ruined. <laughs> Uh, 
Uh, I like that guy. <laughs> <laughs> this that guy. modest man in England. <laughs> 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 the speed at which he moved his hand transferred the finger from one hand right over to the other. <laughs> it's an incredible sight to behold. Science simply cannot explain it yet. <laughs> Dear diary, I saw a full rabbit. <laughs> yes, we. Uh, I. Uh, I still shit in the street. <laughs> he cut her in half. <laughs> she was in pieces. <laughs> I'm an incredibly intelligent man. I am. I'm from England. I've known everything about the world. And yes, I will die by 34. Yeah. <laughs> 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 Cut her in half. Yeah, she stabbed her with several swords. It was a <laughs> harrowing sight, but she probably did something to deserve it. <laughs> <laughs> she was in the box, and then the box no longer existed, and she was gone. I don't know where she is, but she's definitely gone. <laughs> magic is not just pure, it's not stage magic, it's real magic. I'm an intelligent man. I <laughs> uh, no, I tell you, the big one had a ponytail, and the little one couldn't talk. It was fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> Atheist Before my very eyes (laughs) He told me to pick a card And by Jove I did It was incredible (laughs) He said it would happen And then it happened Right in front of me (laughs) Uh, This next story Is uh, from the section uh, Titled uh oh. <laughs> oh, Pete's lost control of the book. No, no, the the pages are flipping back and forth. There's a wind in the room. <laughs> Beyond the walls of time. All right. Human skulls with horns were found. This is how I'm going to read them from now on. Okay. <laughs> is this a good artistic choice? Or no? I, you do you, brother. Human skulls with horns were found in a burial mound at Sire, Bradford County, Pennsylvania. In the 1880s, except for the horny projections. <laughs> <laughs> Here we go. <laughs> oh, you hear that rumbling? It's a riff coming on. <laughs> except for the horny projections, some two inches above the eyebrow. Two inches? <laughs> Don't sound that horny to me. <laughs> the men to whom these skeletons belonged were anatomically normal, though at seven feet tall, well above average height. It was estimated that they were buried around A.D. 1200. The find was made by a reputable group of antiquarians, including a Pennsylvania state historian and a dignitary of the Presbyterian Church. Uh, Dr. G.P. Donahue. <laughs> that stands for good pussy Donahue. <laughs> I'm going to go see the G.P. Which G.P.? G.P. <laughs> Donny, <No>. Donahue. <laughs> <laughs> G.P. Donahue. Yes, but which G.P.? <laughs> That's what I'm asking. <laughs> and two professors, A.B. Skinner. <laughs> Yeah, Skinner. (laughs) Now listen, enough about this, GP. I need to get this B's skin removed. (laughs) Do you know anyone who could do it? Do I know A.B. Skinner? (laughs) Yes. Anyone will do. Yes, A.B. Skinner is what I need. That's what I'm telling you. (laughs) A.B. Skinner of the American Investigating Museum and a W.K. Moorhead. I need a ship to be tied to my skull and someone who can party. Andrew W.K. Moorhead. <laughs> Andrew W.K. Moorhead. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Wait, hold on. Um, um, I need someone who loves to party and won't give me quite enough of a blowjob. Andrew W.K. Moorhead. <laughs> 
A what? <laughs> I need a GP. Uh, yes, well, Dr. GP Donahue doesn't give good head at all. <laughs> no. You want to go to Dr. Goodhead? That's more of a nickname. Yeah, all right. <laughs> yeah, okay, move on, cunt. Some of the bones were sent to the American Investigating Museum in Philadelphia. Where they seem to have disappeared. <gasps> oh, somebody buried their bone, did they? <laughs> Oops, I accidentally emailed you um, oh, the wrong document. I have done the assignment, though. <laughs> Just email isn't working. Yeah, oh, so my email's down. <laughs> Something that literally never happens anymore. Yeah, that was such a sick period in like the so, sort of early-ish days of the internet when I was still at high school. You could... Say that the email didn't work and get away with it. So good. like, yeah, it probably didn't. You sent uh, an image and you changed it from .jpg to .doc, uh, and it would just come up as like a garbled document. Nice. And you'd be like, oh, it must have uh, messed up when it was saving. And then you buy yourself four more hours. And you get your <laughs> yeah. Then you buy yourselves twenty minutes as they read it and reply to it straight away. You're like, yeah. oh. <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh, I shouldn't have spent so too much time trying to figure out how to change a file name. Sorry, JPEG I sent you the wrong one. Doc. And then I didn't check my email for nine days. <laughs> I also like that this was obvious. So that these, this. Oh man, you wouldn't believe it. I found some skulls that had horns in them. Oh yeah, who are you there with? Uh. GP Donahue, uh, an A.B. Skinner in a W.K. Moorhead. Uh, real people. And don't some people just have horns? Isn't that some sort of deformity that people have sometimes? While that was coming out, I typed in humans with horns and there's tons. Yeah, right. And they're not just those Um, people with tattoos. You're showing us your phone. You just typed in horny humans. Yeah. (laughs) There's heaps of them. It's great. Especially in your area. (laughs) (laughs) Um, It's like fingernails. Fingernail stuff that comes out. Oh, yuck. Gross. The body messes up all the time. For example, I'm taking a shit right now. (laughs) What are you going to do about it? The body has messed up yet again. (laughs) This next story is from the section Unearthly Fates. In 1809, England sought to persuade Austria to join the Confederation opposing Napoleon. Benjamin Bathurst... A 25-year-old diplomat who had already distinguished... race car driver. (laughs) (laughs) Who had already distinguished himself in foreign service, went to Vienna to promise an attack on the French who were occupying Spain in return for Austria's alignment with England. It proved a bad bargain. Napoleon was victorious at Wagram on the Danube River, and Austria were forced to cede territory to him. I also like... Luca, how old are you? 25. (laughs) It's like sending you... (laughs) You're off to talk to Austria. <laughs> Yo. <laughs> hey, Austria. <laughs> Dude, the pilot's over there. He's like, brah, brah. Scooch it. We just got to we gotta get him out of the country like, yeet. <laughs> <laughs> the Confederacy is lit. <laughs> Join the fam. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, these millennials are killing the diplomacy industry. <laughs> Uh, that fall, Bathurst began to make his way back home through Germany. Backpacking. Saying oh. <laughs> <laughs> at every hostel along the way. Yeah. He <laughs> comes back with, I didn't, uh, I didn't, I, I come back with bad news and chlamydia. <laughs> <laughs> Why did it take you so long? Dude, I woke up at like midday every day, man. <laughs> I met these Australians, <laughs> which I'm not sure they really exist yet. <laughs> They said they're definitely going to name a racetrack after me, though, if they, when they finally exist. <laughs> Those guys love to drink 
beer? <laughs> is there beer? In 1809? Yeah. Yes. Me? <laughs> When's Napoleon? I, I don't know anything about the Napoleonic Wars. Wasn't there beer before there was bread? Um... Maybe. Yeah, well, definitely. Course, in be. my average day, there bloody is. Why Gee. would they invent? That's why they invented bread to dip in the beer. <laughs> <laughs> Tasty, normal person treat. It's like orange juice on cereal. <laughs> on November 25th, traveling under the name of Kosh. On t- November 25th, traveling under the name of Kosh and posing as a wealthy merchant, he and his secretary. Hello! <laughs> Don't worry, I've got the ultimate disguise. Hello there! My name is Kosh. <laughs> He and his secretary and valet stopped at an inn in Pearlberg. Ah, let's have a quick couple of quick ones before yeah. we <laughs> right stop on. at Pearlberg. A witness at the inn reported that he seemed very nervous. He asked the commander of the... <laughs> he was pretending to be someone else when he wasn't an actor. <laughs> um, <laughs> oh, where are you from? Oh, <laughs> Richland. <laughs> He asked the commander of the local garrison to provide armed guards against mysterious pursuers, perhaps agents of Napoleon. In the middle of the evening, as his coach was preparing to leave, Bathus went out into the otherwise deserted street, walked around his horses, and was gone. Oh, no. His valet, who had been at the rear of the coach with the baggage, cast a look down each side of the coach and saw only the holster with uh, which he had harnessed the horses. His secretary, standing in the doorway of the inn to pay the bill, had not seen him return. The soldiers stationed at each end of the street had seen no one pass. The authorities searched first the inn and then all of Pearlberg. All of Pearlberg. Jesus <laughs> Whoa. They went door to door to all four houses in Pearlberg. <laughs> Inquiries from the British Foreign Office. Oh, I know Pearlberg. It's in the model, middle of um, Oystertown. Here we go. <laughs> oh, wow. Pearlberg. Wow. Once again. Is in the center uh-huh. of Oyster Town. Excuse me. What do you mean? Clam Town, Pearlberg. Yes, is right smack bang in the middle. It used to be called Grain of Sandberg, <laughs> but then because it was surrounded by Clam Town or Oyster Town, which everyone makes pearls, it later became Pearlberg. Do you understand? What do you mean? What's that? Can you say it one more time? <laughs> so, okay. Go on. Pearlberg. Uh-huh. Look, it doesn't matter. <laughs> okay, well, I've looked we'll... it up and there doesn't I don't think there is an oyster town. I think you must be confused. <laughs> you got your jo- are you thinking of like a different Pearlberg to the one in Germany? <laughs> I'm thinking of Steven Spielberg. <laughs> <laughs> Have a look up look up Steven Spielberg, see if he's also near Oyster Town. Yeah, that's what Hollywood used to be called. Don't look it up further. It doesn't <laughs> exist on the internet anymore. I asked him to take it down. So uh, Actually well, I believe it was called Oyster Town Land. <laughs> All right, the authorities searched the first inn and then Earl of all of Pearlberg. This is Steven Spielberg Street in France for some reason. Really? In a place called it's called Place Steven Spielberg in Saint Priest. Hmm. Which is in the south of France. Nice. Suckers. Inquiries <laughs> <laughs> Inquiries from the British Foreign Office brought a denial from Napoleon that his agents had been involved. Stories circulated that Bathurst had been robbed and murdered, that he had secretly gone on to a port and been lost at sea and so on. But all that is known... (laughs) And so on. (laughs) Where could Bathurst be? Well, robbed and murdered. Or gone to a port and lost at sea. (laughs) Or so so on. (laughs) You tell me. (laughs) Fell down a ravine, uh, motorbike accident. It could be known. Uh, I believe 
taking a shit in the woods <laughs> waiting for the cart. That's how Elvis died, don't you know? <laughs> but all that is known about Benjamin Bathurst's disappearance from a quiet street in a small German town is summed up in the words of Charles Fort, that tireless collector of events that had no rhyme or reason. Under observation, he walked around to the other side of the horses. That's it. <laughs> What well, the where fuck? could he have gone? Well, he walked around to the other side of the horses. Yes? yes. And then? And how big were these horses? <laughs> <laughs> and then? Were they like, the size of, like, <laughs> mountains? <laughs> and then? Like that. He was gone. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but, like, had he walked around the other side again of the horses? <laughs> yeah, it was behind his, his secretary the whole time. Well, this guy who had, like, Napoleon's hitmen after him. Yeah, he for sure just got... Fucking it, taken by it, them. He was murdered by yeah. Napoleon. Yeah. It's easy. That's bizarre. Well, but the British asked Napoleon, though, he was like, none. And probably and he's he's, like, well, <laughs> whoever saw him go behind the horses saw him get taken and murdered, and they were like, don't fucking tell anyone, man. Yeah. <laughs> yeah they Just were say like, he went behind the horse, okay? <laughs> he's like, four euro. <laughs> and he's like, perfect. Uh, euro won't be useful for quite a while, <laughs> but. I will exit. Trust me. <laughs> <laughs> so this next story is from the section Monsters and More. Emperor Napoleon III. What? Whoa. Yeah, that's right. Is this the same one? Uh, different Napoleon. How many Napoleons No, are it's got to be the same one, right? There are three Napoleons. Who's Napoleon? There's Napoleon Bonaparte, <laughs> Napoleon II, and then Napoleon III. The last one... It was Bonaparte, right? That one. No, Bonaparte's the. Yeah, the last one was Bonaparte. Yeah, yeah. This one's Napoleon the Third. Um, my favorite Bonaparte, the Shaft. (laughs) 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 All right, that brings us to the end of another episode of Who's Spooky. Every episode, you guys don't know this, but we wait for the perfect joke and then we wrap it up. And we got the perfect joke a lot earlier than we normally do. Normally it doesn't come, and I'm not just talking about his Bonaparte. Hello. (laughs) Um, I'm looking up Napoleons now, because, yeah, I I know jack shit about Napoleons. There are three Napoleons. Okay. This is the third one. Is this, are they all Strawberry, vanilla, and chocolate. (laughs) 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 Shut it down. We've done it. The rare double perfect joke episode. (laughs) So hold on. It's actually the end of the podcast series. (laughs) Napoleon II. Oh, okay. Are you, about to, are you about to read a Wikipedia page about the entire history of France where I, we find out about the multiple, <laughs> about how there were three emperors and that various kings in between the emperors and they were banished, the first one was banished to an island? Is this what you're going to tell us? I can just ask Pete. I'm just... Um, Do you want to know how many Napoleons there were? There were three Napoleons! Okay. <laughs> and in what order did they come? One, two, three. This is the okay. third Napoleon. Because I watch my Napoleons in machete order. <laughs> <laughs> We've done it again. The third perfect joke in episode. Uh, uh. Emperor Napoleon III, Empress Eugenie, and their son. How many Eugenies were there? <laughs> well, A, B, C, D, A, Genie, B, Genie, C, Genie, D, Genie, e, all the way Genie. to Eugenie. The only thing you can't wish for is more wishes, but you can wish for more genies. <laughs> Whoa, that's a sick loophole, bro. <laughs> Empress Eugenie and their son Louis were given. Damn it! He's just got a regular name. <laughs> and their other sons are Huey Dewey. <laughs> what was Eugenie's last name? CK? Uh, Bonaparte. <laughs> <laughs> 
Eugenie and their son Louis <laughs> were given refuge in England by Queen Victoria. Don't uh, put him in a room with someone. <laughs> <laughs> After the disastrous Franco-Prussian... <laughs> Napoleon, Eugenie and Louis C. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, <laughs> All three of us trying to figure out right this yeah. moment if any of us can do anything <laughs> resembling a Louis C.K. impression. I I um I can um, do one, oh, but I don't but know if it'll come across on a podcast. <laughs> <laughs> I put it away. <laughs> well, you already told us what your favorite, favorite bone <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> oh fuck. After that they were they took they were given refuge in England by <sighs> Queen Victoria. After the disastrous Franco-Prussian War of 1870, Can't Louis was James and Dave did that to the <laughs> Prussians. So <laughs> 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 uh. <laughs> many perfect jokes. <laughs> um, the Prussian War of 1870. Louis was loyal to his adopted country and started bitching about his children right away. <laughs> Louis was loyal to his adopted country. And joined a British regiment that went to fight in South Africa. In 1879, the prince was killed in a battle with Zulus, and he was buried hurriedly in the jungle. Oh, he was cancelled by Zulus. (laughs) (laughs) Eugenie was adamant that Louis's body be returned to England and buried in the family vault with Napoleon III. In 1880, she went to Africa with two companions to find the prince's grave, hiring Zulu guys to help in the search. (laughs) Ah! I think you guys would know where he'd be. <laughs> oh, boy. Okay. Well, we know where he is. <laughs> yeah, so okay. <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> but the jungle regenerates quickly and the grave could not be found. <laughs> what a thing to say. <laughs> like, uh, do you know where he is? Oh, yeah, that jungle regenerates like, ooh, like that. <laughs> like overnight, ooh, it's back. Her friends, fearing for her health, urged her to give up the seemingly hopeless mission, but she insisted on continuing. One morning, she tore into the jungle shouting, uh, Bariki, Cesla Lorot. That is a perfect wow. French accent, which translates to, through here, this is the way. Were you going to Google search that? Yeah. <laughs> I realized, of course, it will have the translation in the book. Her, her incredulous party followed. <laughs> she ran through the jungle. <laughs> that is, imagine being in Princess Eugenie's, just like, Fuck, you gotta be fucking kidding me. <laughs> through the jungle, through here. It's like, what are you. We just explained to her that it regenerated. <laughs> it, the, the jungle is like Doctor Who. <laughs> it keeps coming back a little bit worse every time. There'll never be a female jungle. <laughs> uh, ran through the jungle, over rocks and fallen logs, through grass as high as her head, as though on a clear path until she reached a marker so overgrown as to be completely hidden. It was the grave of Prince Louis. Wow, wow, wow. To her amazed companions, she said that she was guided by the scent of violets. Louis had loved the scent and had always worn it. She followed the scent of violets until it faded and arrived at the grave. That's the story. That's weird. About how a mum ran through a jungle and found the grave of Louis (laughs) (laughs) C.K. Here lies comedy. (laughs) Nobody was that sad after having watched 2017. Political correctness. It killed him. <laughs> That's the second story in two weeks about a good smelling dead body. <clears throat> That's yes. true. Yep. Yeah. I'm starting to think bodies smell great. I kind of want to sniff one. <laughs> <laughs> 
This final story is from the section of the unquiet sky. Go Technically, on. chicken or beef is a dead body, and they smell great if you cook them right. Well, now I feel gross about everything I've ever eaten. <laughs> Thank you, Adam. Jesus. Uh, the unquiet sky near Delphus, Kansas. Uh-huh. Boys, <laughs> yeah. Prep your accent. How <laughs> <laughs> you going down there? <laughs> I don't know what a Kansan sounds like. I mean, uh, we can just do Southern. Yep. Done. All right. Oklahoma. Oh, that's Oklahoma. <laughs> Kansas. 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 Why is down from down 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 now, Kansas? <laughs> near, near Delphos, Kansas. What uh, happened down in them down Kansas woods? Yeah, Six- I like to imagine it's a man who's so dumb and drunk that he can't say cans properly. <laughs> <laughs> Give me them Kansas. <laughs> 16-year-old Ronald Johnson was tending sheep on his father's farm with his dog on the evening of November the 2nd, 1971. Suddenly he saw a mushroomed-shaped object. In his pants. <laughs> <laughs> Roasted. <laughs> he never felt these feelings towards the sheep before. <laughs> but Ronald got his Johnson. Uh, um, was it a mushroom? <clears throat> it was a mushroom-shaped object with multicoloured lights covering its surface. Oh. The UFO was only 25 yards away, hovering within two feet of the ground. Ronald estimated its diameter diameter to be about nine feet. Okay. Are we to believe that this Kansas farmhand was like, oh, diameter probably about nine Yeah. What the hell is that? He's got a diameter of nine feet. <laughs> the object sounded much like an old washing machine, which vibrates. <laughs> and when you sit on it, it feels good. <laughs> it don't tickle my my naughty parts. <laughs> Before it took my no no parts, <laughs> <laughs> my hidden billies, the bits I usually hide in the sheep. Before it took <laughs> off, an intense light issued from its base, temporarily blinding Ronald. Ah! <laughs> <laughs> I can't see the nothing no more. <laughs> I ain't where my sheep go. I can't see it. It feels like there's a washing machine nearby. <laughs> When he regained his sight after a few minutes, he rushed into the house to call his parents. Ma! Pa! Washing machine! <laughs> his aunt is a washing machine. <laughs> when he regained... Uh, the whole family went outside and they all said they saw the object, now high in the sky, before it vanished. At the site where the UFO had hovered, the three witnesses saw a glowing ring on the ground. And luminescent... Luminescent of... On parts of the surrounding trees. One investigator said that the texture of the soil felt strange, like a slick crust. <laughs> As if the soil had crystallized. Yeah. Ronald's mother, a nurse, reported that her fingers felt numb. <laughs> <laughs> I'm cold. <laughs> As, is, as if a local anesthetic had been applied after touching the USO, UFO trace. This condition lasted for two weeks. A month later, snow fell and melted on the ground, except on the ring, which remained white. On examination, it was found that the ground beneath the ring was in, impermeable to water and dry to a depth of at least one foot. 
You can actually see a photo. If you want to see a photo, come over here. There's a photo of the ring. That's a funny little photo. Oh, yeah, I see it. I can't really see it. Do you mind if I... Have a look. There's a photo. It's a photo of the farmhouse. Oh, yeah. Then, like, a backyard. Then, like, a white ring on the backyard where there's some trees. Is this book's poorly formatted? I feel like... (laughs) (laughs) All right, mate. We're going to come to your house and knock the dicks out of your hands while you're reading books. (laughs) So, leave this dick in my... I, I feel like I've seen ground like that often. Do you know well, what I mean? Just like yeah, plenty of UFOs of, around. Like, like just a stain on burnt dirt. up. You um, know what I mean? You get those dirt stains sometimes. Yeah. Just like a washed out white part of the yeah, ground. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, like old dog shit. Yeah. I guess so. <laughs> also, a soil sample from the ring area contained a high concentration of primitive organism of the genus Nocardia, which is often found growing with a fungus that is at times fluorescent. If it, uh, oh. That's freaky, that is If energy emanating from a UFO had triggered their co, uh, coincidental growth This could explain the gl- glowing ring mm. I mean, sure <laughs> Or also this mushroom algae stuff that is luminescent Could explain the glowing ring mm. Pretty yes. well <laughs> Also very well Every evening for about two weeks after the event The sheep would jump out of their pen and run wildly the dog, too, would desperately try to get into the house at sunset. They're eating these fucking drug mushrooms. Yes. Yeah. And so did the family. Yeah, so did Ronald. He yeah. definitely picked up a mushroom, tried it, and then saw a mushroom-like shape yeah. glowing. And then... Dude, this can't... He's on... Blacked something. out. He then blacked out. He yeah. couldn't see. Yep. He yep. definitely ate a mushroom. Mm. Uh, Ronald was also affected, suffering eye irritation, headaches, and a recurring nightmare from which he would awaken screaming. He got incredibly into Scar. <laughs> he went to every fish concert. <laughs> so you, that's probably it. He saw a glowing mushroom in the field while he was tending the sheep. Not a bright boy. I ate, ate that mushroom. Yeah, ate yeah. the mushroom, saw visions, blacked out. Ran and lied about it. Because ran and lied like, about it. The oh, whole family I, I was like, oh, yeah. What cons- happened. Yeah. yeah. And they like see a star and they're like, oh, I guess it could be that. What did it sound like? The loudest thing he could think of, the washing machine. Yeah. <laughs> All right, well, we rumbled you, Ronnie. Go back to your, go back to your <laughs> fucking bedroom. You're grounded. You're Much done, Ronnie. Like that mushroom that was also on the ground that the sheep ate, explaining why they freaked out. Yes, yep. I believe it. We've I solved that it. mystery. We actually solved a UFO Finally, mystery. Finally, a mystery that has been explained by us. Geniuses. The, <laughs> the smartest men in England. <laughs> uh, if you want to come and see the smartest men in England, do stand up. You have one more weekend. There's a show called The Best of the Fest. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I believe there's one more weekend. Maybe yes. two. No, one there'll more, be one when one this more weekend. comes out. One when this is out. Yeah, cool. So, and a, it's the Easter weekend too. Yeah, so up on. until Sunday the 21st, our shows are on. Comedyfestival.com.au. Uh, I'm doing two shows. Chimp Cop is a sketch show. Adam Knox is my name, and that's the name on my show, obviously, as well. Who wants to go next? Pete? Uh, my show is called Peter Jones. They call me Peter Jones. Good morning. How are you? I'm Peter Jones. You just search the word Peter Jones on the Comedy Festival website. Comedyfestival.com.au. Melbourne Comedy Festival as well. Yeah, say. Melbourne. Yep. If you're in Melbourne. If or in Melbourne. you can travel from interstate or overseas. Imagine that. Or from the moon. <laughs> or... or- from True. Kansas. <laughs> uh, yeah, Luca Muller. It's called Ha Ha Call, but just search Luca Muller. That's and if what you matters. use the promo yeah. code Spooky, you get 30% off tickets because Come we love them. you, Spookies. We've got some fridge 
fridge magnets to give out. Ooh, spooky fridge magnets. Yep. Uh, big shout out to all the listeners that have come to the show so far. There's been a bunch of them and that's been fucking cool. Uh, otherwise, we will be back next week with uh, a brand new episode of this. Give so us a freaking rate and review and a share and, you know, we'd, uh, you come on. better review it and rate it and share it. And Get tell it a friend. To, our goal is to be the biggest 1980s Horus mystery book podcast in the Southern Hemisphere. <laughs> Mate. We are the biggest. Oh, we did it. We're yeah, currently behind nothing at the moment. But if you, yeah, if you're listening to the podcast right at this second, uh, just yell out loud, ooh, spooky. And then get, and then someone will be like, what are you talking about? Like, well, actually, I'm listening to a podcast called Ooh, Spooky. Uh, mm. What's, oh, well, okay, since you brought it up, weirdo, give um, them a real bit of attitude afterwards. Yeah, yeah. Tell you what would be a funny prank. What? If you come to the shows, get. More than one fridge magnet, put one on your fridge, and then whenever you're at someone's house, sneak one onto their fridge as well. <laughs> <laughs> That'd make me listen to a podcast. <laughs> what the fuck? Because that's spooky. That is, Where did this come from? That is spooky. That is spooky. Oh, look at the size of that bill. Yeah, so if you come to all three of our shows, you'll end up with three magnets. That's two magnets you can spook your friends with. That's true. There have been a couple of nights where I've forgotten to give out magnets. Well, you're done. Yeah, it, there's been a couple bad shows where I'm like, oh, I'm not going to give these people magnets. <laughs> I give everybody magnets. <laughs> all right. Well, we'll be back next week. Magnets or no magnets. Uh, See you then.